episode of We Call Soccer, brought to you by two United fans. I'm one of those United fans. I'm Caleb, alongside Sasha Barkov. Is that close? Is that close to your last name? It, it was it was right on Yaro Olson. <laughs> um, fun, uh, we talked about this earlier, but Sasha Barkov's actually a hockey player. Like that's his name. Plays for the Panthers. He's pretty good, and the Wild should trade for him or something. I don't know. Um, this isn't a Wild podcast. This is. Minnesota United slash soccer slash I guess Basingstoke Town podcast now. We're really running the gamut here. Yeah, we go hard for Basingstoke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go- once once the you know we're once COVID is over, we're gonna get our chest tattoos of the of the emblem. absolutely right over the heart. <laughs> exactly. Up the dragons, save the cameras. <laughs> um, Sasha, I've been trying to find a lot of new like new music. I'm listening to all the older stuff. That I, not older stuff, but like stuff that came out last year. And nothing really has caught my attention. But I was wondering, what's the best fictional band or fictional musician in your in your opinion? Oh, is there, is, there, is this like, is there a right answer? Oh, absolutely. Answer? It's, the one, it's, it's the one that I think <laughs> is the best. Uh, okay, um... <laughs> I, I can't remember the name of the actor, but he played uh, one of the hobbits in Lord of the Rings. He was also in Lost, oh. and his band in that was called, I think, Drive Shaft. And he only had one song. It's like, we are everybody. And like, for some reason, I thought it, like his fictional band was great. And I thought his character was great, being like, reco- like kind of the cliche recovering uh, heroin addict uh, rocker who's now in the, in the winter of his, of his career. That's a very solid choice, but you're wrong. You are very, very wrong. The best <laughs> fictional uh, musician slash band is Powerline from a Goofy movie. You are you are right. I will agree. You are correct. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because I because that one that, that influenced both of our childhoods. Yeah. Yeah. I to I and Stand Tall <laughs> were actually recorded at Paisley Park. Fun Factory as well <laughs> by Tevin Campbell. And I still listen to those songs all the time. They're still fucking good. <laughs> They're way better than they have any right to be for being in a goofy movie, which holds up really well. Um, I watched it with Taylor like, right when the pandemic started, which was a year ago, you know. <laughs> and she was like, there's this part where they're like floating down river on top of their car. She's like, their car would have sunk by now. I'm like, they saw a Bigfoot, and that's your big issue with the movie? <laughs> well, uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking of like the uh, a sad COVID spin on the song after today. Oh. Like after today, we're doing more of the same, staying in quarantine. <laughs> really, really should watch that movie over and over again. It's like every single day, watch that movie. After today, we'll watch this movie again. <laughs> yep. But it's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's fantastic. I also have it on DVD because why not? Who knows? Um, not VHS. I I, I, mean, I did. Even I did. 90s? I did have it. I think I wore it out though. So I don't really have a good segue now, but we're gonna go into MLS news real quick before we jump into a, a meteor Minnesota United uh, section of this podcast. I'm very meaty, so maybe some like sprouts and some noodles in there too with some brock russell brock on top but the the main dish is the meat of that minnesota united news we haven't had any had any in so yeah. long 
a special cut <laughs> of roster signings just for you here on Retail Soccer. And sorry for not recording recently. Just, you know, life happens. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had some I had some life things happen. I had sadly a family member pass away from COVID, and then the next day my daughter broke her arm in a super oh, severe way. And had to go to this hospital, so uh, so she's you know what she's got a cast now with what she calls her flamingo wing. But yes, her. we are back now, and let's quickly get through the top layer of MLS stuff um, Wait, her f- and get to the meaty lasagna. Her uh, full mango wing. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> oh nice. my god. I should send a picture of that to uh, to them. Uh, who knows? Uh, maybe they'll send some promotional material maybe. back. At least it's like offer to sign her cast virtually, of course. Um, but real quick, let's move on to MLS News. Sasha, your boy's back yeah. in Seattle. Yes, uh, the first golden child of Seattle, Freddie Montero, who is their leading uh, goal scorer. He left the club in 2012 with 60 goals. He was that first one who like helped them win so many Open Cups. Uh, the first town hero um, went over to Portugal where he would like tore it up until he got injured, you know, went around the world, South America, came back to Vancouver Whitecaps where they didn't really play him that well. Now he's back in Seattle. So we're happy to have him back. Um, so as the people come though, people also go, uh, one of the greats Thierry Henry has, has left us. Yeah. Um, uh, not, not like permanently, like he's not dead or anything. This isn't breaking news. He um, <laughs> resigned from his role at club de Montreal or club de foot Montreal. Um, rumors that he'll take the board with job in the coming days here and who are currently in the championship, um, which if, if you're listening is a lead, not a game in this situation. Um, Wilfred Nancy takes over, um, 43-year-old French coach, um, joins Robin Fraser as one of the only two black coaches in MLS currently. He's been with the organization for a while now, so promoted from within, he knows the club, um, and good luck to him. I hope he does well, because he's not in a great situation at the moment with uh, Henri leaving just a couple months, just a month before preseason started, or a week or two before preseason started. So... Um, watch Montreal this year. Um, see how they line up. It's gonna be interesting to watch them. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the fact that they're hiring internally both is great, and the fact that you know it's gonna be an easier transition. Right. So not not as much of a setback. Uh, uh, Jason Christ has released his twenty man roster for the U.S. twenty threes. Um, Sixteen of the twenty are from eleven MLS clubs. Um, the the names like Pulisic and McKenney and. Um, Josh Sargent aren't on there because in this FIFA window, there's no actual FIFA window for these qualifying games. So clubs in Europe don't have to release the their players. Um, so it makes more sense to have MLS players come in who aren't currently playing in a lead right right now. And those games will yeah. take place from March 18th to the 30th. Um, top Two teams, I believe, qualify for the for the Olympics. And yeah, and we haven't done it in the past sh- couple years. Or past couple fine. Olympics, it'll be fine. So. It'll be fine. We have, they, have a, they have a ringer. They have a bangers only ringer. Oops, spoilers. LA <laughs> um, <laughs> Galaxy signed twenty four year old winger Samuel Drancier of from uh, AS Monaco for a three year contract. Um, don't know much about him honestly. Lead Wound is kind of hard to watch over here, especially because their TV deal is. <laughs> Basically now not existent 
Um, but smart by them to go after a player in Lidon because they're in such financial distress. More and less clubs should be doing this <clears throat> Minnesota. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how he plays, especially with Christian Pavone's uh, future with the club up in the air after he was accused of either domestic assault or sexual assault. Either way, would really appreciate it if he didn't play soccer in America again. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully this is the start of LA Galaxy not signing big players, bad players with big names. Instead, you know, like the fact that we don't know who really know about much about this guy. He Hopefully he surprises us. Yeah. But hopefully not no, here at home. Hopefully he's only good against teams not named Minnesota United. Speaking of Minnesota exactly. United, what what a segue. Oh, Caleb, you're so awesome. Oh, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, I, I now have hype men just hanging out behind me the entire time. You can't see them, Sasha. They're hidden. But um, Minnesota United has made some roster moves, finally. Is it enough? No, but we'll get through them. <laughs> um, first up, Juan Agudelo uh, signs a one-year deal with Minnesota. I think club option for another year after that. Um a starter who's only 28, he seems a lot older because he's been around for so long. Uh, dubbed the next for a while now, hasn't really lived up to his lived up to his potential, but was at Miami with Will Trap last year, and has been able to score goals in the past in bunches. It'd be interesting to see how the proclaimed striker whisperer. Gets the best out of Juan Ardello. Also can play on the wings, which were also thin there. So <laughs> let's see how this goes. I am all for this uh, revolving door of uh, our youth academy players going to New York and their like finished product coming out because he's you know he spent a lot of time with, over at the Red Bulls. No, it was Revolution. Did, right? Yes. Yeah. Revolution. Oh wow. Never mind. Disregard everything I said there. But I'm yeah. still excited to have. Um, and then if we, were, we signed uh, Juan Adelo. We signed Will Trap. We just re-signed Ozzy Alonso. If this is 2015, we'd win the cup. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Ozzy Alonso signs a new contract with Minnesota. We've been teasing this for a while. It's a, became official last Friday, and again with this contract. It kind of transitions him into a staff role after he's done playing, which is, I think, huge for the front office or coaching staff, wherever he ends up with the organization. To have someone like that in your club, wherever they are, is going to be influential, and it's got to be a good thing for you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have anything <laughs> to say about that. Well, how about this? Uh, Patrick Weah, uh, nephew of George Weah, cousin of Tim, Signs homegrown contract with Minnesota. No way. Yes, yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Hey, we're doing things. We're actually signing another homegrown player that's not a keeper. Yeah, so it's, um, he's going to make the team quicker than uh, Fred Emmons will. Just uh, by the way, um, those two positions develop. Uh, Patrick is a forward. I think to play either striker or either wing. I think maybe even more of a wing, but he's going to get into his prime quicker than Emmons will. Um, 
outfield players who did into the prime 24 through 28 and then like 28 to like 32 is usually when goalkeepers in their prime and i think also that way is older either older or the same age as i mean so it's good to see patrick on the field sooner than fred but also at the same time don't expect him to see him for a couple years at least unless he just fucking dominates at college he's going to st louis university so if he dominates in college, you bet your ass that Minnesota will sign him to to a actual like you're playing with us. You're playing with us now. Come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, that's yeah. Um, actually, I don't think he can go to college now. I don't remember how homegrown works, and Colin was way better at knowing roster stuff than I ever was. So, tweet at the attachment and ask him. You print him out of retirement for one reply. Um, did you did you know that uh so. Timothy Weah, his cousin, plays for Lille in Lidon. And his uncle, Tim's dad, George, very good striker in his own right, but can you name the country he's president of now? Country he's the current president of? <laughs> yeah. You want a hint? Uh, Aust- no. Uh, Austria? No. no. Um. <laughs> Bolivia. You're not even in the right <laughs> continent. Um, he is the no. president of Liberia. Yeah, well, George Africa, Wea, okay. I think, played for the national team. I don't remember if he was born there or not. He might have been, but also was a privileged striker for lights of Chelsea and AC Milan back in the day. So, strong pedigree for Patrick Wea. Pretty exciting to get a player with that last name on your team. And... If you listen to our episode with uh, Bayesian Stoke, um, <laughs> their coach, uh, Dan Brownlee, was like, are you sure he's actually a way out? Because people have tried that before. And we're sure. <laughs> we are sure, Dan, if you're listening, we're 100% positive. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, Sam Gleedle, um was released by Minnesota. Never played a game for them. Was signed from Reno right before the playoffs last year. Um, offered cover on the left-hand side all the way up and down, left back to left wing. Which means our left wingers are what Lude, Reynoso, maybe, and Chaton. Oh wait, Chaton still in Uruguay. He's about to, to go out on loan in Uruguay in his home country in their top division. So Sasha, what what's happening? Chase Gasper is going to be our, our, our left winger. He did. <laughs> That's, and I'm like, we'll bring in a full French fullback. Chase Gasper moves up because he's already running up and down that side. Uh, and he just, he'll just score more goals. You know, he got his, he got his first one last year. So now, for it. you know, he can only get better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, we have to sign someone else, right? Like, we have to. We have to. Yeah. We like, need. We'll, let's go uh, into like our, our questions later, but like looking up front, we have one, two strikers, Landsdorf and Adodello. Right now, you'd have Adodello as your starter, I would think. Right wing, Finley, and then Adodello. And then left wing, Lude, but you don't want to play him on the left because he's better on the right. Beethan's better on the right as well. So, mm-hmm. and then in the middle, Reynoso, because if he ever moves from that spot, is not in starting lineup. Something's horribly, horribly wrong. He is there with a <laughs> yep. bullet, first name on the team sheet every single time. But those two wings, like you, you want to have your best 
best players on the pitch at all times, right? Who Lou's better on the right. Ethan's better on the right. You need yes. to sign a left winger. You need you need this you need one start out and out. We don't know what Justin McMaster is yet, if he can play on the left. Um, we don't know really we, there's no depth there. Like unless you're starting, no. unless you've seen what you're seeing from Patrick Wea is like enough to have him start, which is it shouldn't be because he's so young and he's time to develop. It might be in an yeah. experimental position. We might start throwing like Hairston, Jacory Hayes, and McMaster out there, like which is going to be <laughs> there, weird. There was a time, but... in, <laughs> I think, our second year where Rasmus Schuler played left wing, and it did not work. So, yeah. I wonder if, and this would also need us to sign another left wing, if, or we, instead of Adadella up top, you put Lude in that kind of like deep line forward slash kind of false nine, Rem Deuter position, and then that he played in the last half, uh, the last few games of the last season in the playoffs, have Ethan, have Reynoso in the middle, and then have Adadella on the left, if that's something you're looking towards. Because, that's Lude's effective there. Ethan's effective. Reynoso's effective. The only question Martin Dan is that left wing. It's so mm-hmm. weird to talk about this because for so long we've had so many wingers and now we're just out. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's sad because like like I can think like quickly off the top of my head like four people I I are former players I'd want out there, right. you know, and young players who can make that who can run for Reynoso on the left. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it'd be interesting to see. I, I, I'm guessing they'll make more signings. I hope they'll make them more signings, but it'll be interesting to see if there's not any signings from here until Yeah, I mean, day. they fucking better. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that starting 11 to be? What that, what's that bench going to look like? You know, what formation <laughs> or anything? Um, Well, now some former loons. Uh, Jose Aja is signed with Santiago Wanderers in Chile's Primera Division. And Marlon Harrison followed uh, Kevin Molino to Columbus, which is unfortunate. I thought it was a very good depth piece in the middle and also as a, like a right back slash right mid. So unfortunate to lose that depth, but hopefully we'll sign someone to replace him at some point. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Oh <laughs> it's, it's so I'm weird because we're, ma- we're making signings. But we're making signings, but there's not like we're losing we're losing players, but also we're not making enough signings. But they're like happening, but slower this year. There was something I I read a couple weeks ago where last off season, thirteen teams signed a designated player, and this off season only one team has signed a designated player. So it kind of just shows the effect of COVID, and how teams aren't willing to spend as much this off season. And a team that kind of needs to spend is Minnesota. We looked up at that front four. I don't know. Um, unfortunately for Minnesota as well, they'll be without a key piece of the midfield and possibly their goalkeeper for some international call-ups. Dane St. Clair was not called up to the U23 team for Canada for the Summer Olympic qualifiers, but the team 
Canadian men's national team coach told Adrian that St. Clair would be a full senior team member sharing time in net with Maxime Crapo. Or Crapo, whatever we say. Yeah. That's that's great news. Um, He's definitely earned it. it uh, yes. And that kind of leads me into... I want to skip ahead here to like Joe's question whether we start Dane or Miller. I feel like because we have a player who needs to perform so he can be so the national team coach knows where he's at it's dane hmm. and that's my argument for why you would start dane over or over miller because miller's not really fighting for a national team spot no and i would agree i right now i think you, you keep both just because dane's gonna be yeah. off for world cup qualifiers at some point and you need someone in that that can play uh i don't it's not Ranjit Singh anymore. We've signed the like our third goalkeeper is from. We got signed him from like, Kansas City last. I don't remember his name. He didn't. He never played for Minnesota, but Miller, is a solid bat, solid keeper to play there. He's not a backup, but if you platoon the two, I think they can be very valuable. And then, Miller's coming off two, hip injuries, two two hip surgeries. To get something for him in the future, you have to play him and show so he can show other teams what he has left. So, as much as you want to keep both, you can't, but also at the same time, you need to play them both so you can get the most out of them. Dane, get more senior call-ups, and Miller, the most value for him from a different team. Uh, let's move on to our next question from Joe, just real quick. We kind of talked about it already, but are there any other... Any players from Minnesota United past that would win a starting position over our current roster? I I thought back on this and like, you know, answers like Ramirez and Quintero came up, um, even Toy and you know Molina, all those players left. Even Abu Dhabi, I think I if I was coach, I would give him a shot. But it's because of our coach, none of those players would get a start, even though they, I think they're good enough to. So the only other answer right. I could think of was Arabaro, Romario, who's playing for Pachuca. Um, you know, he's still young. He's in his prime as a strong, as a striker. I th- I would be comfortable with playing him out on the left. So. Yeah, and I th- he had to go back to Mexico because he uh, was either some family issues or he was homesick. So he didn't really acclimate well to life away from his family. Maybe now that he's a little more older, a little mature. Maybe he wanted a chance at going to play in MLS, play for Minnesota. And he was good when he played. Like, he was a solid winner. Yeah. Um, definitely missed missed, missed him after he left. Um, and since you took him, it's, it's hard. Because you look at the roster. At the back, we've never been stronger defensively. Midfields has never been stronger. So, really, it's about those front three, the the striker and the two winners, and you already took the best available winner, um, <laughs> I think. And, I mean, I, I would say, regardless of who's the coach, and it seems like he's been trying to mend the fence ever since this player left, but I think Christian Ramirez would be a good shout up top. And I think he could win that starting spot. Because even though Adrian didn't really rate him that well, he 
did win the starting shot, starting spot that first year. And I think after he left, yeah. Adrian kind of realized, oh, well, he was good, wasn't he? You know? <laughs> and, you know, Christian yeah. and, and his family, they, they, they love Minnesota. They've been here. They've lived here for a, a long time in the past. And he'd be he's a fan favorite. He'd be welcomed back, to the, welcomed back with open arms. Will, will that happen? I don't think so. But if it did, it'd be awesome. Um, back to international call-ups real quick. We're just giving you guys some whiplash, and we do not apologize for that whatsoever. But Hassani Dotson has been called up to the U.S. 23, uh, U.S. 20, under 23, U.S. men's national team for the Olympic <laughs> qualifiers. Um, again, those qualifiers will take place from March 18th to the 30th. And good for him. He's earned it. He's been fantastic really since he was drafted it's insane yeah hard, yeah hardest working player like one of the hardest working i know and like he fits in that camp if he doesn't get a starting spot i definitely think he should be used as a super sub because he could he, he when he puts the wheels on players like he could make a difference in those qualifying games yeah he's one of those players so. i think like looking at the roster for um you 23 there's a lot of talent there ahead of him in midfield like you have Jackson Yule and uh, for San Jose, uh, Georgie Mihailovic, who's been really good for Chicago, is now in Montreal. Uh, Ulysses Yanez, uh, who's playing at who here in Veen. Is here in Veen? Is that Jizz Horncamp's team? If it is, <laughs> favorite team ever. <laughs> but those are some pretty. Good midfielders ahead of Hassani Dotson. Yeah, Johnny Cardoso in there as well, who's playing at Inter in Brazil. Sebastian Saucedo, Andres Perea, who played really well for Orlando City. Um, but you, if you looked at Hassani Dotson in that with those midfielders around him, if you're Costa Rica head coach or the Mexico coach, you might not know what his secret weapon is, or his not his natural secret weapon is, is that long shot from distance that can find the top corner with ease. So maybe he comes in 75 minutes, 75th minute, ledge retired, he gets space on top of the box, and he just rifles one back to the net. I think that would be huge. And then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would grow his confidence and might get some eyes from overseas, which would be awesome to see one of our players play for in one of the bigger leagues in Europe. But congratulations to Asani from a second round pick to hopefully the Olympics. Fingers crossed. And we did some questions already. We're going to go back to our questions real quick. Um, if you want to ask those questions, it's $3 a month. You can join our Slack. And every time we have a, an episode, I ask for questions. And we have to answer them, no matter how stupid or silly they are, as long as they're in on time. So, we answered Joe's already. Thank you, Joe, so much for your questions. On to Mike D, who may or may not be in Beastie Boys. Um, does our team know it needs to sign players? I'm sensing a theme with Mike's questions. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll take this. I'll take this yeah, seriously, yeah. Mike. Yes, we know. Uh, and this is my serious answer. It's just hard to get players in and out of France right now, especially when you have to spend like 14 days in quarantine in Finland and another 14 in France. 
you know, LA Galaxy were able to get one player out of there, you know, because they greased some greased, greased some palms with Tam. Uh, so I guess it's it's yeah. it's how much money you you're willing to throw under the table. As, as far as we know, Adrian Adrian who know or how now, Adrian how now Brown Cow is still hopefully on his way. They, they he has a new coach, um, Renee fired the coach or got a new one. I'm not sure what happened, but we'll see how that coach rates Adrian and if he didn't come over or if he's like, doesn't. Yeah. So it's, you almost have to restart negotiations with a new coach, which pushes that back even farther. And then a question from Eric, who is also my dad, full disclosure. <laughs> um, any feedback from the Basingstoke boys about their interview on the last pod? Did you see that BFTC, BTFC has a chaplain. Any chance I can be the loon's chaplain? Sure. I guess. I mean, for the last one. I'm, I'm, you have to look on their website for careers. Um, yeah, we, we, tweeted out, we tweeted out the podcast. They retweeted it. And thanked us for being on the our awesome podcast. Um, we got some good feedback from, I think, some of their fans. And actually... Harrison Cliff's dad followed us on Twitter and on Instagram. So, yeah, if you haven't listened to that yet, it's actually a really interesting conversation about lower league football in uh, in England and how their case is a special one because they were kind of fucked over by a former owner. Also interesting to talk to their player, Harrison, who's coming over here for college and his reasons behind that. And also... Uh, we test their knowledge of MLS, and it goes horribly, horribly wrong, but in the right way. Just a moment. Sorry, <laughs> you were frozen for a nah, second. Nah, let's go for it. Let's keep going. Sorry, sorry about that. I know, yeah. 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 Leave this in. Yeah, you're done. My internet's being Sasha, real crap right now. Full disclosure, Sasha's frozen, and it freaked me out. Before we're good now. We're back. Hello. I'm waving at him. <laughs> and you're frozen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still okay, getting audio, all so right, it's, it's all awesome. good. We're, keep, we're leaving this in. We're doing it live. Um, schedules are released. <laughs> Opening day is away at Seattle, the Weetal Soccer Derby. That remember, if Minnesota wins, I'll be happy, and if Seattle wins, Sasha will be happy. And you should tweet at Sasha, even though he's currently wearing a Minnesota shirt right now but i don't trust him i don't <laughs> yes it's because it's comfy <laughs> <laughs> yeah wolf and sheep's clothing apparently even though i don't have any wolver wolverton or any wolf type clo- uh, soccer apparel unrelated to that though our home opener is against rsl so yeah that, i don't know i like that yeah um i like having western opponents for home openers that we probably won't get to attend <laughs> i hope i think I think the home match against RSL will be easier to win, of course, um, at Seattle. Even with Jordan Morris out for a while, they're still they're always a tough team at not CenturyLink. What is it now? Well, I mean, last year, we, you know, last year was the first away win at Portland. Maybe this year's the first away win at Seattle. I wish last year was the first away win at Seattle. <laughs> uh, never forget we're two nil up with like seven, in the seventy fifth minute. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, um, I expected a couple days here or next week or so for Walls to have a com- Tim Walls to have a conference about whether or not Minnesota had to have some fans or not. Um, who knows what'll happen? It's gonna be a weird year for sports. Not that last year was any less weird. But unlike some teams we're about to talk about, at least Minnesota United is financially stable. And they're, as far as I know, no one in the team has gotten raided and arrested by Spanish police. <laughs> It'd be crazy if they were, though. I'd imagine if like, it came out after we recorded this that like Ian Fuller was arrested in Barcelona. Like, what? Crazy. But that's what we're talking about. Barca date <laughs> is even crazier now. Barcelona, um, former president Joseph Bartomeu, and four other high-ranking members of the board were detained by Spanish police. One of those members was head legal counsel Roman Gomez Ponti, which <laughs> is not great when your head legal counsel is also getting arrested next, next to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is truly the... We talked about the beginning of the end. This is the end of the end. Um, they're currently under investigation as to why they paid this company, uh, I3 Ventures, which is like a marketing PR firm, like six times more than they should have for their services. And it's because, you know, the, the accusation is, this has come from players that the firm, the, the president and the higher-ups use the firm to pretty much do like social media sabotage and monitoring and like kind of did social hits to take down people they considered enemies of the club, including high-profile and, people like Pep Guardiola. And also players like Gerard Pite and Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi. The people who um, are currently carrying your team. <laughs> right. Uh, um, th- so, like, there's... Uh, like, mind you, like, yeah, monitoring people on social media isn't illegal, but, you know, it's a misdemeanor to, you know, overpay companies for services or do have, like, services under the under the table. And along with that, there's this uh, investigation of, like, massive corruption, which is, it's pretty evident there is corruption within within Camp New. Right. And there's a really good article, I think, in Sports Illustrated by uh, British journalist Jonathan Wilson that kind of goes into it and how they've kind of been here before, but less... But like, at, to a lesser degree, um, before they hired Pipe Guardiola, and and how it's, it's just the financial management that's laid out in that article is just so so like how do you, like, just mind boggling that they would even go through with some of the stuff that they went through financially. Um, the the crimes are being investigated and. Are they are uh, alleged misdemeanor of improper management and corruption? So, yeah, I'll keep watching this space. I guess we're also a Barcelona downfall podcast. We've been kind of covering this since it started, <laughs> like showing like they started showing cracks in the armor. <sighs> it's yeah, and now the, the wall's completely coming yeah. down. Like the reputation's ruined. Like the financial reputation, but also like the badge and the jersey are now like. Do I even want to go there to play? Right. That's how their people people are like people are getting treated, or that's how I get treated once I leave. Uh, or if you're still there. But speaking of corruption, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like speaking of corruption, let's talk about Juventus. <laughs> Juventus not gets knocked out of 
the Champions League by uh, Portuguese club Porto. Um, famously, Porto won the Champions League when Jose Mourinho was coached like back in the early 2000s. Um, that was kind of brought him to coaching fame. Juve won the second lead, second leg, three to two, but that made it tied four four in aggregate. So Porto advanced on away goals. They also had a red card in that game, well, so they they advanced yeah. past Juventus with ten men. Juventus is having a very bad season. Uh, I think Inter are on top of Serie A, and Inter actually has their own has their own financial troubles. They're so far in the red and owe so much money to different clubs for different players. And so watch Inter as well. They might win and then like just implode their club and like send their players everywhere for whatever money they can get. Um, Oh, so we're going to get Lukaku uh, as our nine. Oh, that's the player. Oh, we're getting? Shit. <laughs> that's, shit, that, that's, dude, like, that's a real plan right there. Fuck dude. That would, That'd be breaking news, but... You know what they say about Romelu Lukaku? He's the next Josie out the door. <laughs> He's the Belgian Josie out the door. That's what they always say about Lukaku. <laughs> uh, PSG also moves on past Barcelona in uh, the Champions League. They didn't have Neymar in any of their... in any of the games against Barcelona, but they were. it was fine. They beat them... beat Barca 5-2 on aggregate. Mbappe got a hat-trick in his first game and scored in second game. He is the future. He is hopefully also the future for Liverpool. Fingers crossed. Oh, so uh, so close. Come on. Um, Dortmund advanced 5-4 on aggregate against Sevilla. Holland scored four of those five goals. So Mbappe and Holland are the future. <laughs> they're, they're always both welcome at Anfield. So come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Speaking of Liverpool, uh, they beat... Rosenball sports at Leipzig, four nil and aggregate. And I I know you wrote this, but you just asked me that. Just yeah. How are the eighth place Premier League team? How can they beat the best defense in Germany? And I have no trouble <laughs> saying that they're the best defense, even though it's second place. Because Bayern Munich gives up goals like fucking like ki- like clowns giving out candy at a carnival. I, so, explain this. I don't know if it's. Like you can definitely blame injuries on the downfall of Liverpool this season with Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez and Joel Matip being injured. They're they're all three center backs, which means okay, you need makeshift center backs. That's Henderson and Fabinho, Batnet, who are normally midfielders, normally driving forces of the attack back further in, on the pitch. And while they're solid defensively. Henderson has some pretty good killer balls. Fabinho can win that ball further up the field and start counterattacks that are closer to the opposing goal. And that's kind of stifles our attack as well. At the same time, you, we signed Omar Kabak, and he just needs time to blood into the team. I think he's been he's done well in the Champions League. He's done all right in the Premier League. And I think just you need some variety up front. Like Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, they both scored in this game, which is great. It's been a while since Mane scored. And those two, along with Firmino up front, it's gotten a little stale. Like, when one is in bad run of form, it's okay, but they've all kind of been in a bad run of form. And with Diodo Jota on the bench uh, with injury as well, you don't have that kind of X-factor coming in. 
also looked at the other players they're bringing on for Salah and Firmino and Mane. It's players like Jordan Shatiri, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, and Divock Origi. All three of those players, I don't think, will be on the team next year. They'll be either sold or released. Um, they need fresh blood in that attack. I think the midfield um, with Thiago, who looked fantastic against Leipzig in both legs, um, and Curtis Jones coming into the team. I think that allows Wijnaldum to leave. Rumors have there that he wants to go to Barcelona, which, sure, go ahead. I joined them, and it's fine. But he's been he's also been really good this year. And if it wasn't for Curtis Jones um, playing the way that he has, I don't think Genie would leave. I think they'd re-sign him. But you need to sign another winger, another striker, or two. And why not go after Holland or go after uh, Mbappe? If you did one of them, that's great. If you did both of them, even better. If you did zero of them, at least you tried, you know? So I would try that. I would also try to get another center back. I think Joel Matip should also be either sold or let go. He's very injury prone. He's 32, 33. And sign a player like, um, I don't know on the top of my head. Try to get, I just tried to get William Saliba from Arsenal. It's obvious that Arteta doesn't rate him. He's a left-sided mm-hmm. center back. He's left-footed, I mean, so he has that going for him. And he's been playing fantastically in France. I think he's on loan at Nice, and he's like one of their one of the best defenders in the league at the moment. And right now, Arteta doesn't rate him. He want, I think he wants out of Arsenal. So we're not going for him. So uh, th- those would be my things. For it to, to fix Liverpool, fits in quotes, I think it'll be fine eventually. Um, and I, I trust Jurgen Klopp to do that, to to get the club back on the right track. Um, yeah, go ahead. Regarding Jurgen Klopp, though, Klopp though because if it became official that Joachim, Joachim Lowe is stepping down from the German head coach position uh, after the summer, and Jurgen Klopp is like second on the name of list to replace him. How would you feel about that? I mean, he's already come out and said that he doesn't. He's not going to take the job. I I would be very sad about that because I don't think there's anyone out there at the moment who can replace Jurgen Klopp effectively. Like if Pochettino was still a free agent, I'd be more inclined to take a look. Or, but I think Jurgen Klopp. He fits the pro the mentality of this club extremely well, and uh, like he, there's people calling for him to be like fired, and those people are idiotic. He's won the Champions League. He's won the Premier League. Champions League for the first time since what oh six, and the Premier League for the first time in thirty years. So, I don't, I don't know what more you want from a Liverpool coach than. The promise of more exciting football, more trophies. Um, yeah. If 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 Klopp left Liverpool, I feel like it would be taught like like it'd be worse than Pochettino having left Tottenham. Especially now that we see Poch can like make better use of PSG than Tuchel did. Like I feel like the PSG is a more dangerous team now with Pochettino at the helm 
than they were the past like three years. Yeah, I don't even know who you so. would go after. <laughs> no, that's that's the thing. Like he is, he is a face, the personality, the hat, like everything. The 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 the, the, the cheesy smile, <laughs> like that with showing yeah. all his teeth. Yeah, he kind of looks like me a little bit. So. If I had a beard, if I had a beard, I'd just pull it off. <laughs> oh, we, we, you need to be Jurgen Klopp. We'll get you some, like, not New Balance, but to get you some Nike yeah, gear. Yeah, a colorful hat. Uh... I'll grow a beard eventually, <laughs> yeah. you know, in like 30 years from now. And, yeah. Um, also, um, rest in peace to Jurgen Klopp's mother who passed away. And also uh, their goalkeeper, Allison's dad, who also passed away. I think he drowned in Brazil, which is awful. So, as always, you'll never walk alone, and I hope they find peace. Well, on that awful note, I should have just left that. My bad. Uh, uh, Sasha, where can good people find you on the internet? Uh, currently? You know, I... <laughs> uh, I am. I forgot my uh, my handle for a second on Instagram. Uh, it is James Hoiberg, uh spelled in the most Norwegian way you can. Uh, to find it, just follow two United fans yeah. uh, on any our mediums. Yeah, he's uh, Sasha's profile is tagged in our Basin Stoke picture that I posted a while ago. <laughs> um, I'm at Real Caleb FC on Twitter. Also at United Fans on Twitter and Instagram across all platforms. Special thanks to Tectonics for the use of their song Lustless, which is the music. You can find them on Facebook, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, YouTube, all the good stuff to, for all your audio needs. Special thanks to our lead commissioner, Eric Olson. Hi, Dad. If you want to join him, Ed being thanked at the end of each episode, it's $20 a month. Also, with that, you get extra episodes each month about different things we're interested in in our lives. Sasha talks about nerdy shit, like... <laughs> Like, talk about nerdy <laughs> shit like D&D, and I talk about nerdy shit like music. So, we're both nerdy on there. It's a lot of fun. Um, with little solo episodes. For Those are for $5 a month. $3 a month if you want to join our Slack channel. Um, it's going to be heating up once the season starts. So, if you want to join in some fun discourse and complain or about the team or complain about really anything, you can do it there. Or ask us questions for this podcast. And as always, from two episodes ago, shout out to the mad villain, MF Dune. Rest in peace. Dude, that's great. <laughs>